It's time for another edition of Jonesing for Football. And this will be the most improved edition of Jonesing for Football this season. As we are in phase two, approaching phase three now of the offseason program. Hey, Cody Winstead in Philadelphia. Guess what? Here in Dallas, the Cowboys are having OTAs this week. It's the return of OTAs for the first time in two years. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you going to be out there at practice, Bill Jones? What's the, I uh, think what's I the will head out to. Yeah, I'm going to head out to the star in Frisco and uh, check out uh, the rookies now with the veterans. And I'm not sure that Dak Prescott's going to be doing a lot, but he is out there running around a little bit. Not cleared for uh, full uh, stuff just yet, uh, but he is on track to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on September 9th, Thursday night football to kick off the 2021 National Football League season. Yeah, I'm counting down the days. I don't even know what it is, but I got to figure it out. Uh, what a terrific job by the NFL to go Brady versus the Cowboys on the first game of the season. I mean, how smart. Right. I can. Okay, I can do the math from June 1st. There are 30 days in June. 31 in July, so that's 61. Yep. 31 in August, so that is 92. Yep. And then it's September 9th. So it's from June 1st, it's 100 days from June 1st to September 9th and the start of the NFL season. So there's a centennial number to throw at you. All right, uh, last podcast here on Jonesing for Football, we did most improved AFC teams so I'm thinking it might be a good idea to do most improved NFC teams this week. What do you think? I'm with you. Let's continue the discussion. Most improved teams entering the 2021 season. Like you mentioned last time we did the AFC, I did the Bengals and you did the Patriots. Um, now let's do the National Football Conference, Bill Jones. Which team do you see as most improved? All right. So... One of the requirements, if you're going to pick the most improved teams, you've got to have a pretty bad team last year to choose from. Who were the pretty bad teams record-wise last year in the NFC? Well, in the NFC East, you can take your pick of any NFC East team. Washington won the division at 7-9. and nine. The Giants were 6-10. and 10. The Cowboys 6-10. and 10. The Eagles 4-11-1. Here are the candidates from the NFC North. The Vikings went 7-9. and nine. The Lions went 5-11. and 11. The candidates from the NFC South, Carolina went 5-11, and 11, Atlanta went 4-12. and 12. Your candidates in the NFC West, Arizona was at 508 and 8 and San Francisco was 6-10. and 10. So out of those, which will be my most improved NFC team in 2021? Drum roll, please, Cody. <laughs> How about... My own Dallas Cowboy. Okay. <laughs> oh, I had no idea that was coming. <laughs> have you seen what the Cowboys have done this offseason? I have, Bill Jones. I spent uh, a couple weeks ago. I was in Dallas for a week. So, yes, I did a little research. Oh, no, you have not seen. Young Cody, you have not seen what I have seen. Okay. Because I've been at the Star in Frisco. And I sneaked a peek out on that practice field and saw some of the off-season program that's been going on and these guys rehabbing from injuries. 
What was the main reason the Cowboys were so bad last year? Well, I would say there are two reasons. One, defense atrocious. Two, mm-hmm. injury to Dak Prescott. Okay, it wasn't just the injury to Dak Prescott. And I agree with you on the defense, too. But it was the injuries on the offensive line last year. Okay, Tyron Smith. Let's start with the seven-time Pro Bowl left tackle. Tyron Smith last year, you know how many games he played in? He played in two. Two games last year. Who did they replace him with? An undrafted free agent in Brandon Knight. Well, they had Cam Irving, too, that filled in for a couple of games, and he got hurt. And so an undrafted free agent named Brandon Knight played at left tackle. On the right side, Lyle Collins. You know how many games he played in last year for your Dallas or my Dallas Cowboys? Uh, Not many. That would be zero. Less than two. For Lyle, Lyle Collins. And it was a rookie undrafted free agent named Terrence Steele out of Texas Tech. My wife went to Texas Tech. She watches every single Texas Tech football game, and she had never heard of Terrence Steele when he suited up and started. How many games for the Cowboys last year at right tackle? He started 14 games as an undrafted rookie last year at right tackle for the Cowboys. Who's the best player on the Cowboys offensive line? That would be one Zach Martin at right guard. Zach Martin. How many games did he play in last year? Well, that would be 10 games. He actually played in nine because he got hurt like on the first series of the one game that he's lost for the rest of the season. So he missed six games down the stretch last year, really seven games down the stretch last year. So the Cowboys are adding to their offense this year. Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins, and Dak Prescott Those guys just coming back from injury. And, oh, by the way, their starting tight end got hurt in the first game of the year against the Rams last year. Blake Jarwin is back. So, one, two, three. There's five additions to an offense that was pretty good already last year. Right, young Cody? Well, I mean, if you consider, like, Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert and that disaster quarterback pretty good. Yeah, Andy Dalton finally. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say the offense was good last year, but they were fine. I mean, they've got some, it was, it was, uh, well, outside of the turnovers early in the season, uh, which also contributed to the unbelievable offensive production that Dak Prescott had the five games. He was healthy. Uh, the offense was clicking pretty well. I think Dak is to a point in his career. And of course, this is all assuming uh, my point on seeing some of the stuff at the, it looks like Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins are running well in their rehab. Zach Martin as well. Dak as well. It looks like these guys are all going to be healthy. And you can also tell that because of the fact that they did not do anything really to uh, shore up the offensive line in, uh, well, they, they did draft Josh Ball in the fourth round, uh, who will be their swing tackle, uh, hopefully, in, in their mind. Tynasek, he's another veteran guy that they signed, but they really expect Smith, Collins, and Martin to be good to go, and that's going to be a huge difference on offense. All right, let's go to the defense. How bad was this defense? Gave up the most points in franchise history. 61-year history of the franchise. They never gave up as many points as last year. 
the biggest addition on the defense. Who do you think it is? Are you going to say Dan Quinn? Are you going to say Dan Quinn? I'm not saying Dan Quinn. I'm asking if you're saying Dan Quinn. All right. If you said Dan Quinn, I would say Micah Parsons. But That's if you fair. say Micah Parsons, I'll say Dan Quinn. Because uh, I do not want to agree with you. I would say it's Micah Parsons. All right. Then I'll say Dan Quinn. Go ahead. Tell me why. The guy they refer to as DQ. Dan Quinn. And he's got some DQ dudes that he drafted this year. Okay. And starting with Micah Parsons. All right. Uh, and going back to pre-agency, here's the biggest key on the defense. Dan Quinn will ha is having the ability right now to do what Mike Nolan wasn't able to do last year, and that is install his defense. All right, they were running a 4-3 traditional Tampa 2-type defense under Rod Marinelli for several years. They had the pieces of their defense were suited to run the 4-3. Dan Quinn has been a 4-3 guy in the past, but he's now more of a hybrid guy. He's, uh, he says that his defense actually will look more like, and that's what they were trying to do last year. They didn't have the offseason to implement it. They were trying to install it on the field for the first time in August at training camp with Mike Nolan, and uh, things went haywire. For instance, Demarcus Lawrence, he's never been a stand-up defensive end in his career. They were trying to play him many times as a stand-up defensive end, in a pseudo-hybrid 4-3-3-4 defense. And uh, they had Everson Griffin, who has never uh, played without his hand on the ground, trying to make him into a 3-4 outside linebacker. Alden Smith has been a 3-4 backer, but at the age, age 31 and not having played in seven years, however long it was, his whole mindset was get after the quarterback. He's not stopping the run. Yep. They have added players, two-gap type players, on their defensive line to stop the run or at least to, to uh, free up linebackers to be able to go make plays. I think the, the defense is going to be much improved. I think Trayvon Diggs was probably their best defensive player last year. And, uh, and going into his second year, he's going to be even more improved. Kelvin Joseph, uh, I think, will start at uh, one of the cornerback spots. And he will be, uh, you know, he'll probably have the same type season that Trayvon did last year which isn't bad at all, uh, and uh, there's a lot of hope for the future there at cornerback. Uh, and they did sign, re-sign Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown, you know, as guys that can fill in in the meantime if Kelvin Joseph isn't ready to go. Mm -hmm. uh, Micah Parsons, obviously, is the big guy. Uh, but Jabril Cox, their fourth-round draft pick, uh, he's going to play a ton in sub-packages. He's already shown at rookie minicamp. Uh, what he can do. Uh, uh, he's got a great head on his shoulders, uh, mature beyond his years. So I just think that uh, to go along with Leighton Vander Esch, we'll see what how Jalen figures into the mix. I'm not even factoring him in uh, to the mix right now. Uh, and Keanu Neal uh, as a box safety, nickel linebacker, knows Dan Quinn's defense. And uh, they had also added Demonte Cassie as a safety. And I think Donovan Wilson uh, has a strong future as a safety. I think it's going to be a much improved defense and a much improved team in a very weak division. The right. Cowboys are my most improved team. We'll see on this defense, Bill Jones. I hope you're right. I really like Keanu Neal. I think he still has uh, a chance to actually be a nice player, still young. I mean, injuries um, throughout his career, but when he's played, 
he's been one of the better defensive players uh, in the league. And he played. He made the Pro Bowl in 2017, and he played last year. So, I mean, he has he's had the injuries, but he did have a full season, I believe, 100 tackles last year for Atlanta. So yep. it's not like it's his first year back from an injury. Kazee, on the other hand, had the Achilles last year, and so this is his first year back. So the jury's still out on him. Yep. One more thing, and then I'll get to my team. I'm a little concerned about all the hype around Dan Quinn. Uh, I know last year, Atlanta, while he was there as their defensive coordinator, 31st in yards allowed. The year before that, 20th. The year before that, 28th. Two years before that, 25th. So, um, you know, I know hey, there's – The year I before hope. that, what was he the year before that? Um, uh, he, he was in the Super Bowl. Is that right? He was in the Super Bowl in 2017. Hey, they were in, t- in 2017, <laughs> they, he had the number nine defense. But like I said, that is the only year out of the last five that they he's even been better than 20th in the league in yards allowed. And so his track record is trending in the wrong direction. But he, uh, he was pretty good in Seattle, too, wasn't he? Uh, he was, but they were actually good before he took over. So he oh, kind of okay. maintained this. All right. So we'll see what kind of coach DQ is, I guess. Uh, I'm interested to see as well. All right. Let me get to my team. Um, it's a team that I think is taking a mega step forward. And you'll hear the bold prediction at the end. They are the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. I think they're the most improved team in the NFC. And the reason why Bill Jones They've added more game changers than any team in the NFL. Let's start on the offense. A.J. Green signs a one-year deal. He'll be 30. Whoa, 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 whoa. A.J. Green? Hold on. I'm getting okay. there. I'm okay. Getting there. 33 years old when the season begins. Don't expect 100 catches or 1,000 yards, but I think 60 catches and 700 yards is not out of the question at all. And considering he's probably their second or third or fourth receiver, not half bad. They also added James Conner to the backfield, so he'll add some depth there. He's coming off a season uh, when he had nearly 1,000 yards in Pittsburgh despite playing only 13 games. I love the drafting of Mr. 4-2. That's what I'm calling him, Ron Dale Moore out of Purdue. They added him in the second round. He provides even more electricity for an offense that truthfully doesn't even need it. They've got plenty um, of electric players out there. And the underrated move, Bill Jones, on the offense, Rodney Hudson comes over in a trade with the Raiders. And just like that, Arizona has a three-time pro bowler at center. Pretty impressive additions, if you ask me, uh, all of those guys. Now, pairing them with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds, and the Cardinals could go from the number six offense in the league all the way to number one. Now, we should mention Larry Fitzgerald. He's a legend. He'll be 38 when the season starts. We're still not sure whether he's going to play or where he's going to play. But 
GM Steve Kime says if Fitz wants a spot in Arizona, it's still waiting for him there. So we'll have to track that as this offseason continues. Now let's hit the defense. They are actually pretty good last year. 13th in yards, 12th in points. They should be in the top 10 this season with a couple notable moves alone. First, J.J. Watt. They signed him from the Texans. And second, the drafting of your guy, Bill Jones, Zaven Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. Let me start with Watt, and then I'll work my way to Collins. Watt surprised a lot of people. Signing with Arizona, I thought he'd end up in Green Bay, where he's from, go back home, or Pittsburgh, go sign with his brothers. That would have been pretty sweet. But he got a two-year, $31 million deal from the Cardinals. And then it kind of made sense all of a sudden why he ended up in Arizona. Cha-ching. Anyway, uh, Watt's coming off a decent year in Arizona. Five sacks, 14 tackles for loss there. Still 32 years old. I think he's going to have a pretty big impact on this Arizona defense. Not over the hill quite yet. Um, So I like the signing of J.J. Watt. Now to Zaven Collins, there's already talk of the rookie calling the plays defensively for Arizona. They asked Collins how much he's been studying this new defense. Here's his answer. I don't know what it adds up to. I lose track of time mostly. Uh, We're up here all day and then you go home and you learn and you study more. You have nothing else to do. Anytime you're in the building, you're training, you're on the field or you're watching film. And whenever you get home, you got to watch film. So all day, every day, until you know it like the back of your hand, and then maybe you can get an hour break off. Um, but until then, I got to keep my nose in the books as much as I can um, while I'm eating, while I'm you know just sitting there about to go to bed, close the iPad, and then wake up in the morning and get ready to study again. Bill Jones, that's your guy, Zaven Collins, right there. Uh, I know you're high on him. What do you like most about the Tulsa linebacker turned Arizona Cardinal linebacker? So they have already seen that he has the mental aptitude to be able maybe to call the defense as a rookie. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there's a, I, I saw a couple press conferences where they're mentioning that. It just goes to show he was a valedictorian in high school. Remember that? That's valedictorian. right. Never mind the fact that there was a graduating class of 47 people, but he was the valedictorian. So he's got. He's the right kind of guy, right? What I like about him uh, is uh, his uh, playmaking ability, versatility. I can see them using him uh, in a variety of ways, uh, not just what you normally see out of a middle linebacker, but he's a guy that can rush the passer, uh, blitz. uh, And he is a three-down linebacker. Uh, His drops will be great. Uh, and he won't drop interceptions. That's right. <laughs> uh, to go He's with catching that. those, he it might take him back too. Yeah, it might take him to the house uh, to win a conference championship. So I like everything about it. It's just the problem is it's just it's a lot to ask of a rookie linebacker to take on a role like that. Uh, I mean, even you know the best that I've seen recently is Sean Lee. Uh, as from a mental standpoint and being ready to step in from mentally and, and do it. And he didn't, he wasn't a starter his rookie year. Keith Brookings was the starter uh, in uh, who was a veteran guy 
and probably 33, 34 years old at that point in his career and, and Lee learned under him. Yep. So, and I don't think uh, obviously clearly just from the reports out of Arizona, Jordan Hicks is not the type veteran linebacker who's teaching Zayvon Collins any tricks. Uh, right. In yeah, fact, he they, asked for a trade. He asked for a trade. Yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, physically he has it. I question whether, even though he's a bright guy, uh, it's just so much on your plate as a rookie. It, you have to simplify it a little bit uh, that rookie year. I mean, and I can understand why he's saying what he's saying. He has no time for anything if they're throwing the full plate at him right now. Yep. I like a lot about him, Bill Jones. Um, but probably my favorite thing, and I picked this up yesterday while I was studying, he's going to rock number 25, middle linebacker going 25 in the NFL. That's my number. So I have a soft spot in my heart uh, for Zayvon Collins. Other guys on that defense, Chandler Jones, we know he's one of the premier pass rushers in the league when he's healthy. Buda Baker, he's a two-time All-Pro. He's only been in the league for four years and has two All-Pro seasons. And last year's first-rounder, Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, he started slow as a rookie for Arizona, but really showed out down the stretch, playing four positions, inside backer, edge rusher, slot corner, and safety. So they drafted him to be versatile. Same with with David Collins. And now it looks like both of those guys are going to be those linebackers in the middle of the field. I think that Simmons could turn into a force here in 21. They did lose their leading sacker, Hassan Reddick. He went to Carolina. And they lost longtime team leader, Patrick Peterson. He's now in Minnesota. But I still think, look out, NFC West. This will be the Cardinals' breakout season. As we stand here, Bill Jones, prepare for the bold prediction. I'm saying Arizona wins the NFC West. That's Whoa. right. No doubt. No doubt that they're going to be the most entertaining team in the NFC and probably the league. I like the Cardinals right now to win the NFC West. And in that secondary, what do they do to replace Patrick Peterson? Well, they added Malcolm Butler uh, in free agency, and they uh, drafted Quincy Wilson's younger brother, Marco Wilson, out of Florida in the fourth round. And even as a fourth-round draft pick, I can see him contributing right off the bat as a rookie. Because I, I think he, he started all four years. Uh, maybe he was an early out, but uh, th- at least three years, he's, he was a starter. As soon as he walked on campus, in Gainesville. And I, I would assume he'll assume a big role right off the bat, even as a fourth round draft pick this year. Yep. A lot of playmakers on both sides of the ball with Arizona, your boy, Cliff Kingsbury, 13, 18 and one. He better win. This is his, this is his season. Which, which is very similar to what his record was at Texas tech in conference when he had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So Yep. You're right. No more excuses, right, Bill Jones? That's right. The hot seat is in, in, in Arizona. When that seat gets hot, it really gets hot, <laughs> right? <laughs> good one. Good, good, good joke. You're you're funny, Bill Jones. Oh, well, thank you, Cody. I appreciate that. All right. Well, so I've got the Cowboys. You've got the Cardinals. And what do you think? You got them winning. The, I, okay, I'm going to go ahead and here on. 
the last week of May, I'm going to predict the Cowboys to win the NFC East, which would be like the 15th straight year we've had a different NFC East winner. You're predicting the Cardinals win the NFC West. So what are the chances that the Cowboys and Cardinals make it all the way to the conference championship game and play each other? Uh, I w- I'm not sure I'd go that far. They do play. They play at the end of the season, too. What is that, like week 15 or week 16, I think they face each other? That'll be a big game. I- I'm excited yeah. for that already. Yeah, NFC championship preview right there. Could be. Yeah, forget Where's the Bucks. We don't need them, Packers. We're not well, the Cowboys that. take care of them the first game of the season. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like that. All right, I'm writing it down. It's done. All right. Very good. And and the reason we just had this little conversation is so that we can replay it in December when the Cowboys play the Cardinals and we can laugh. We can either throw our chest out and gloat of how we called this in May, or more likely we will laugh at this is what we were saying the last week in May. Exactly. Oh, how times have changed. Or we just right. don't show it and we don't even remember it. That's I think that's more likely. That, yeah, that is the most likely of all because I can't remember who I picked last year, although Cody will immediately tell me who he picked last year, and that would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Booyah, point C dub. <laughs> all right. That does it for this edition of Jonesing for Football. And we've got plenty ahead. We never take any time off here on Jonesing for Football as we move into phase three of our off-season program. Right, Cody? Yes, sir. We're getting there. And we got some guests. We got a couple guests uh, planned for you guys over the next month or so. So stand by for that. Uh, Jonesing for Football, broadening our horizons. And, of course, and again... 100 days from the start of the season come June 1st. Keep that big number in mind. All right. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Jones for Football.